Breathless. A Lucifer fan fiction written by Emmy Nee and Oblioblo. Read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen and up with pairing Chloe Decker slash Lucifer Morningstar. Content warnings for self-hatred, panic attacks, disassociation. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything His chest rises and falls Get up! His shoes squeak against the marble as he tenses his leg, but he stays seated, slouched gracelessly on Italian leather. Just stand up. The bass beat of the Lux's music thrums under his feet. He blinks, staring at a spot on the balcony. His vision clouds into streaks of light and shadow. He blinks again, and it resolves. He cannot tear his gaze away. Move, you bloody bastard. But he can't. He sat here five minutes ago. Ten? He sat and put his shoes on. He sat to contemplate his sorry lot and wallow in some choice self-pity before heading downstairs into the usual Saturday night rush to lose himself in something he doesn't have to think about. The noise, the color, the energy. The slight stink of old Chinese takeout drifts into his awareness, and his nose wrinkles. He tries to get up again, but he cannot move. How dare you, he tells his body, indignant. How dare it not do what he requests? It's his, isn't it? Isn't it? His back aches. Not from the position, of course, though it is unfortunate. No, it aches because of all his little failings. Because of Kane. Because of what the detective saw. What I saw was my partner. Lies. All of it. Or maybe a cruel, bitter truth. Like the gall he fed to that bastard before his own life collapsed around his ravaged, flayed shoulders. He tenses his thighs, tries to rise again. He only slumps further into the couch. Dad Damn it. Perhaps something simpler. Perhaps he could try something simpler. He attempts to look down at his own lap. Something that might ground him before his thoughts get away from him as they so often do these days. 
He cannot force his eyes to move. He can blink. That is all. And he cannot do that by choice. He focuses instead on his hand, resting against his knee, warm in the summer's evening air, but for the cold ring on his finger. His fingertips tremble. He can feel them like they're someone else's more than his own. But they don't budge. Worthless goddamn angel, his mind shouts. It's a common enough refrain. Being cruel to the detective when he's meant to be kind. You worthless goddamn angel. The disappointed look on his erstwhile family's faces when he messes everything up yet again. You worthless goddamn angel. Their fear when his anger gets the better of him. And when doesn't it, really? You worthless goddamn angel. Is he even an angel anymore? He's too much of a coward to manifest his wings, aching, smoldering under his skin. Does he even want to be? What does he want to be? As always, no one answers but the echoing numbness in his mind. Desire is his purpose, and his punishment is never knowing his own. He grits his teeth, a win, if slight, and tries to stand again. Nothing. Adamant chains couldn't keep you down. You've been beaten, burned, cast out, hurled headlong, flaming, and you can't best your own mind. His jaw goes slack, and he loses even that victory. This might be the worst cage he could find himself in. The bars are invisible, and he can never quite reach the lock. The elevator dings. Hope for a cruel moment rises in his chest before being brought low by disappointment and shame. Always shame these days. Oh, a party girl says, seeing this state of the penthouse, the state of its occupant. Pizza boxes are stacked on the piano, razor blades and white powder feather on the coffee table. The bar is empty, without purpose. His hair is unstyled, his suit unpressed, his body curled in an uncomfortable position. Hell, but he'd like to be high right now. At least that disconnect from his body is pleasant. Uh, are you busy? Party girl asks. He should have gotten a lock for when he wants to be alone. But there is such weakness in that. And some part of him enjoys this mortification. Let them see how far the devil can fall. As if he had any power over his descent. As if he didn't, and he doesn't, want to be alone. Not with himself, at least. She takes a few unsteady steps into the penthouse and asks, Hey, are you okay? Never better, he thinks, 
but does not say a lie. I'll be fine. Something he wishes he could believe. I... But even his blandest reassurance refuses to pass his lips. His mouth works for a moment, trying for more, for better, but he loses the thread of action again and cannot speak. I'm just gonna go, she says, awkward. Her heels thud against the marble. The elevator dings as it shuts. He can't make himself ask her to stay. He doesn't even want to. <sighs> he vocalizes into the again empty room. It's pathetic. He's pathetic. But no amount of denigration will force his limbs to cooperate. He's tried. Repeatedly. Worthless. Drifts through his mind, looking for something to connect to. He sighs, well, exhales noisily. The barest touch of control he can wrest from all his impotence. His eyes water, which is odd. Impossible, really. But when has that mattered? He blinks, then blinks again, then tries to close his eyes entirely to find some solace in the darkness behind his eyelids. It's denied him. Fuck. The longer this goes on, he knows, the worse the agitation becomes, the more potent the shame afterwards. He tries to clench his hand into a fist, dregs up every moat of rage and spite and pettiness he has within him, and they number like the stars, too. But still, he cannot make his body move. He lowers his expectations. Ha! Never done that before. And tries to twitch a finger. Nothing. A toe. Nothing. Licks his lips. Nope, not a bloody zilch. This is dangerous. In hell, unmoving for so long, an attack is likely to come, or else the landscape itself might begin to swallow him whole. In heaven, angels sit motionless for ages, but he never did manage it. He never had the patience for meditation, for devotion, for prayer. There were always more purposes to fulfill, more siblings to annoy, more places to explore. Until there wasn't. And look where that got him. He tries to make his eyes burn red, thinking again of Cain. Then he thinks of Chloe, eyes wide and filled with tears. Could you accept me like this? I don't. No. And the flames sputter out and die. He tries to manifest his devil face, but it's trapped within him, as it was before he left Cain on the ground with a knife in his chest. He even, panicking slightly, though of course still perfectly still, tries to manifest his wings. 
They were bloody and mangled last time they saw the air aching and burning purer than hellfire. Right now, the pain would be welcome. It's so much better than all this numbness. But still, nothing. He's losing the thread of his thoughts now, too filled with restlessness. He can't escape. He blinks and blinks again, breath coming faster through his nose. His chest flutters shakily. Get up! His shoe squeaks. Just stand up! He claws at the inside of his skin, wishing for agony, but finding only emptiness. He fights with all the fierceness he learned in hell, with all the fervor he was taught in heaven. He slumps to the side, cheek coming to rest against cold leather. His phone sits inches from his face. Amid the detritus of broken pleasures and crumbs of misspent joy, he could call Linda, do this properly, talk it out, make things better. He could, but he can't. He won't. He doesn't want to. Sometimes desolation is easier. They're bossom buddies, aren't they? He in despair. Growing shadowed talons, he tears and rends at the phantom of his own flesh, relishing the effort, even if it's futile. He imagines blood pouring down bones and exposed musculature. He sees scars like those of his devil face twisting and crawling on the inside. He wishes they were real. He wishes it was all real, not some trick of self-actualization. If it was real, he'd understand why it hurts so much. Were he human... He'd be hyperventilating. Were he human, the rush of blood through his veins would be too fast, the rapid beating of his heart too wild. Were he human, mortal, vulnerable, he'd have a heart attack, or it would stop. Either way, it would be over. But he is not human, and so it continues. Minutes pass, or seconds, or hours. The stench of slowly rotting food pervades his senses, but he can't raise a hand to cover his face. The thrumming of the bass beat rattles in his legs, but he can't pull his feet from the ground. Everything is too bright, too colorful, too much, but he can't close his eyes. Nothing is grounding now, not even pain. He vocalizes again, this ragged, raw, pathetic sound, the only thing he's allowed. It's not dissimilar to the retching howl of one whose throat is constantly burning and healing, resolving and melting into less than dew. But this lake is of torpor, not fire. These torments come only from the inside. Slowly, slowly, slowly. But he cannot make it. But his mind, it, he cannot 
stop it from... But it hurts. His breath comes steadier. His heart rate slows. He tries to twitch his finger, and he succeeds, though it feels like wading through lava, its heaviness invading his lungs, its heat and agony comforting in their familiarity. He blinks, then blinks again. A patch of leather near his mouth is cold and clammy. He licks his lips. He twitches his toes. He sits up, then stands, then stalks to the elevator, all in a rush fast enough to maybe trick his brain, to maybe not fall into the spell again. It is always a danger, and he can only swallow so much of his own weakness, slick down his throat like gall. He steps into the elevator, hits the button for Lux, flattens his hair down. He wipes his mouth, smooths down his vest, straightens his cufflinks. He taps his ring with a fingertip, feeling the coldness there. He squares his shoulders, mouth carved into a grin. He will have a good night. He will lose himself to desire, or at least to the music and the booze and the drugs. He will return to the penthouse in the early hours of the morning to sleep, to wake, to do it all over again. And he's fine, truly. There are no scars lurking beneath his skin. He is not bleeding somewhere no one else can see. When he wades amongst the sea of revelers, they will not know. There is no sign remaining of his weakness, or his fear, or his pain. Would it be better if there were? The end. Thank you for listening. I wear this crown of thorns upon my liar's chair full of broken thoughts I cannot repair beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear you are someone else I am still right here what have I become my sweetest friend Everyone I know goes away in the end, and you could.